Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, sitting here with Vicki and Marilyn, and we're going to talk about all things homeschool, homeschool high school, because that's what we like to talk about. Indeed. Indeed. So we're talking about co-ops. We have lots of years of experience with learning in co-ops, and it was pretty much all wonderful. Most of the time, it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I was going to say it was wonderful, and then I thought, well, there were probably occasional moments that were, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's keep so, it real. So this is part two, because part two. we did an episode right before this on kind of the overview of sort co-ops. Of the global, the global yeah. look at Just co-ops. Few why they're good, things, yes. and some of the ways to think through why you're having a co-op, and um, to bring together the various folks who are going to be a part of it, and make sure you're all looking for the same thing. Indeed, yeah. So if you have not listened to that one, that's a great episode to go back and listen to. But you probably don't have to do them in one order or the other. Because there's not one right way to (laughs) to listen to the Homeschool High School podcast. (laughs) Oh, we have gotten more mileage out of our little not one right way. Mm. Okay, so today's going to be more about sort of practical, concrete how-tos. Right, yeah. Rubber meets the road. Okay. All right, so your co-op is going to meet somewhere. And we talked a little bit on the last episode about deciding how big is your group. Do you want to meet in a home? Do you want to meet in a church? Because you want to do a whole lot of families. But more specifically, once you have your location chosen, then let's talk about some of the things that will make this successful. How you're going to divide up the kids and the classes, how you're going to cover all areas to be sure that no one's house gets trashed how you're going to arrange for setup and cleanup, how you're going to pay for the extra expenses that come with putting a whole bunch of people in So there's all these details that you have to think about. It's dreadful. All right, so Marilyn, you hosted for many years for a good-sized co-op. How did we do it back in the day at your house? Well, we did divide our students up into various age groups, and depending on where we were in this co-op, it sometimes ranged from preschool through high school. Then our kids kept getting older and it, I think we dropped the preschool (laughs) and even the elementary at one point, or it was only older elementary. So we did have certain rooms for certain groups and the high schoolers took the family room because it was the most comfortable and they sort of claimed it. They staked their claim on it. (laughs) Nothing else (laughs) And they were old enough to have opinions and get away with it. Exactly. (laughs) And we did have a small fee per student that each of the families paid, I think, monthly to help cover costs like um, copying and all the paper that we used for that because I did have a copier at my home and toilet paper and the extra electric you use when all those people are in your house or even paper towels or paper plates or whatever. Garbage bags. We went through yeah. a lot of garbage bags. A lot of garbage, garbage bags. Hand soap. And, yeah. Yep. So I know some co-ops who do it that, that you you pay in stuff too. Like there are churches that right. will say, you know, bring us a, a 12 pack of paper towels once a month and a, a couple of bottles of hand soap and whatever. Right. So you can also have people pay in, in stuff, but it, it is a strain for whoever is hosting, it's going to be a little bit of a budget strain because it's lots of people. Yeah, and just if you know that up front, then it's not a surprise. All right, so then you've got setup and cleanup also 
things that can be a strain on the host or hostess. Cleanup was not usually an issue because once people are there, they tend to pitch in and help clean up. Setup became more my job and my kids when they were around to help. Was that a good thing cleaned. or a not so good thing or some of each? It depended. Um, I used that motivation to get my house clean each week, which for me is an important thing. Um, <laughs> not the house clean part, the needing motivation. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, and then people did help clean up at the end. So the M wasn't as big of a deal. Like, people took the trash out and all that kind of fun stuff. I think there were years, though, that we assigned the teenagers cleanup duty, didn't we? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think we did. And uh, I think even the moms. It's just according to what the population was. Like, some kids are just born self-motivators, and some moms are, too. And some Some are are not. not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it was it kind of varied year to year according to what our experiences had been the year before on what our population could do. So part of what you're indicating, Vicky, is that it may be important to tweak things and let them change over years as you learn this didn't actually work so well because there's not one right, right way like, to run a co-op. Exactly. And it may change year to year. It may change year to year. Um, we had schedule issues that were... Um, best handled by lots of communication ahead of time, right? Because you're going to have to have a schedule in place that's going to allow for the right teacher to be in the right place at the right time. And let's face it, you have some people in your co-op who are punctuality challenged. And so (laughs) if they're going to teach in the 830 slot, that might not, not be always good. a good idea. Yeah. And you've got to decide what are you going to do if two out of your six families are late? Do you wait for them or are you going to go ahead and start? These are the kind of things that if you talk about them ahead of time, there's much less chance for offense or for people to feel uh, marginalized in your group. Indeed. But you can still get the job done. Right. Because there's a lot of learning that needs to happen on a co-op day. Yeah, and, and part of that's human dynamics learning. So it's good life skills for everybody. All right, how about absences? What happens, because there's going to be a week where the so-and-so family has the creeping crud and they're all laid out and we don't want them to come to co-op and share their germs. Might, might want to specify that in the co-op, like these are our expectations. Please do not bring your kid with the creeping gunge to class. <laughs> yeah, but then who's going to teach the class that that mom was supposed to teach? Exactly. And what happens to those kids who didn't get their lecture notes or their lab done or whatever. And are they still expected to hand in their assignments and do the assignment for the next week, even if they weren't there? And absences that are planned, like vacations, those are easier to work with. It's that last minute, oh no, we're sick, we can't come. And typically, depending on the ages of the students, if a high schooler isn't feeling well, they can be left at home. But if it's one of the little ones or mom and Mm. the teenagers don't drive, that means the entire group is missing. Can also change the dynamics of your class because if you had a group with six kids in them and two of them are from that family, the activities you have planned might not work. So sometimes you have to have a backup plan B, just like a school teacher needs the substitute teacher plans in the desk and... Sometimes we would have to have videos for the kids to watch. Mm-hmm. Or 
I think that covering absences is easier now with so much digital communication than exactly. it was before. Because somebody can just email their plans for that day to another mom who is willing to cover and who's available during right. that class period. Um, I can remember times when somebody did the whole, well, I'll swing by your house and pick up the such and such on my way there so that I can cover your <laughs> right. class for you. You know, And it's wonderful now to just be able to shoot an email attachment exactly. to someone and, yeah. Um, yeah. and take it from there. So what what should the rules be in the universe for a student who misses a co-op class? Do they have to get that work to the teacher? Do they have the assignment for the next week as their responsibility? What are the rules? Which leads to there should be a syllabus because a syllabus, at least for kids that are older, not high school at yeah. least, mm-hmm. maybe even junior high so that they can get used to one. Mm-hmm. And then they can follow the syllabus, and teachers can always email attachments to the kids if they missed a handout. We used to sing a song, Kim Smythe and I used to like to sing this. We used to sing, don't know what's due at co-op, look at your syllabus. And it was it was all like put on a happy face, but it was all about look at your syllabus. <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, but there was a whole I song to it. I could just see it. you guys doing and, that. Yeah, and, the, and the kids got yeah. used to that being an issue. And, and then they would ask us a question like, do we have homework for next week? To which, by the way, the answer is always... Yes. 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 We only meet once a week. So yes, you have no work to do next week. So we say, look at your syllabus. And they would roll their eyes at us. And But it's good. They need to be reminded to read it over and over again. Because that's not intuitive. Yeah. And that, well, and it's such a good training for college. Yep. Because college is, is that syllabus based. So yeah, good, good life prep. Yeah. So the short answer to the question that I asked earlier is there's not one short answer to what are the rules for the universe, <laughs> but your co-op needs to decide what the rules are for your co-op that all the families have agreed upon of what happens when you miss a week, right? And to segue into something that's similar, but not exactly the same, we did have situations in co-op where we had kids with learning disabilities and we had to kind of decide how much of each week's assignment was that student expected to complete because not all kids are the same either and and yet do you have some expectations especially as they get into high school for a certain amount of work to be done Mm. yeah and that calls for a lot of honest communication among moms or dads who are doing the teaching because um I was in a situation once with a student and I, the parent thought that I knew the student's issues with particular types of learning situations. And I had apparently come in a year after those had been explained. So I didn't realize that the student even had any particular problems in those kinds of environments. And I just kept putting them in those kinds of environments. I was told like four months later, oh, well, this kid can't do anything from auditory instructions. You have to do written and you have... And it was kind of like, well, that would have been really good information to have at the beginning exactly. of the year, you know. So even if you think the other moms know, over-communicate if, if your child has special needs because um, you're setting up the teacher and the student both for a lot of frustration and failure if they don't just know what's going on. Yes, yeah, so special needs is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to talk about and for everybody to learn how to work together. Hey, you know, that reminds me, 
We have a, a mom who just started a uh, new podcast yes. on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Yes, one of our sister podcasts, I yeah. guess, right? And our, it's our friend Heather Laurie, and she started a podcast for parents who are facing challenges. And her podcast is called Victory Over Adversity, and she speaks what she knows. She has quite a challenging life and a tremendous amount of positive, hopeful, and practical encouragement yes. for families who are facing real challenges. Yes, she is our rock star friend. Yes. Yep. Yep. So check out Victory Over Adversity with Heather Laurie at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Uh, communication. There we go. What happens when there's a snow day or what happens when we've had a change in what people are supposed to bring for a project day? Or it's probably really good to have a person who is great at this stuff who says, I'll be the point person for getting an email sent and a text message sent to everyone in the group. And, and it should not be me. I'm just saying, because that's not my gift. <laughs> Yeah, and if you have planned ahead of time, okay, if the weather looks like this, we're just going to call off for... for exactly. Or the, if the lo local public schools call off, we are calling off, so... Except that we used to run into this situation at times where we had people from three different states because we're oh, near yeah. the state line, and one person would call me fairly frequently in the morning and say, well, are we taking off because of the snow? But it wasn't snowing at my house. <laughs> I didn't know it was snowing at her house and their schools were canceling, but the schools near me were not canceling. So yeah, not, it's yeah, not always in, clear cut. Yeah. yeah, we're in a funky part of the country where the weather changes one right place yeah to she lives about week. half hour 40 minutes away and it yeah. uh -huh. could be entirely different so, so again communication you have a system in place you say this is where we're going to start look online to see what the such and such county school district is doing and that will make our decision for us or look for a text reminder by this time an hour before co-op is supposed to start or whatever. now the group classes these days use we use Remind.com and send out two things, an email and a text. So anybody who opts in can get a text in the morning. And our students love that 6 a.m. text that says school is canceled today because they read it, they turn over, and they go back to sleep. So that's Remind.com, and we're not affiliates. No, we it just, just think it's well. Yeah. yeah. Special events require extra communication too. And this is one of the beautiful things about having a co-op is you can do things with a co-op that would not really be that much fun to do with just your family. Yeah. So you can have project days, you can have special holiday events and celebrations. You can go on field trips or plan service projects for a larger group together. But again, um, in the same way that your classes are not gonna teach themselves to the students, these events will not happen and certainly will not happen well if there's not a coordinator for them. So they should be planned into your year just like your classes are. And someone has to be in charge. So we did a field trip one time that required, well, we did several that required overnight stays. And someone had to be in charge of figuring out where we were going to stay, what food we were going to bring, because typically we brought as much food as we could because we were cheap and <laughs> we were, working we on were, a budget we frugal and frugal. wise with our friends <laughs> and if you're going to take a group of you know 
12 kids plus moms to a restaurant, it's A, going to be very expensive, and B, you're going to be there a very long time. So, <laughs> so yeah. Coolers. Coordinators. That's yes, coolers. coolers. <laughs> yeah. Coordinators and coolers are a good And thing. Lo- loaves of bread and peanut butter and jelly, and one without jelly. Because <laughs> there's always that one. Kid. And, and one like, with gluten free bread. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. is allergic to peanuts and just has the jelly. But, you know, there has to be something different. Which again brings us back to over communicate all the needs exactly. in your group because it will make for good relationships all around. All right, final thing to talk about is grading. And this is especially important for high schoolers in co ops because there's a lot of really good evidence that supports the whole you don't need to grade a lot especially for younger kids but as kids come into high school assignments have to be graded maybe not every single assignment for every single class but that system needs to happen in a way that will be good for your co-op so is the teacher for this particular class grading all of the students work or are the moms of each individual kid grading it according to the rubric that the teacher has provided there's a lot of ways to tackle it but Again, there should be a decision made before the school year begins, and then there should be really good communication. For parents who aren't sure how to do rubrics or syllabi, syllabi, um, sevensistershomeschool.com, if you search rubric or syllabus, because I think it's yeah, by, it's, probably, or... it's probably syllabus in the most of the posts, so yeah. that would be the best search tool. <laughs> by the way, if you're searching our site, the search field does not appear on our home page you need to go to the blog page first and then any any page beyond that but our landing page it, it looked ugly with the search bar on the landing it just page. wasn't pretty <laughs> we so wanted we wanted it, it to be prettier so yeah so you have to go to the blog page to find the search field but yeah. anyway but anyway there's how to's and it's free so go free look. is good free yeah. is frugal and wise <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my um also it's important to think when you're thinking about grading is this a core academic subject that's being taught in co-op is this an elective is this a something that is one step beyond just extracurricular fun there's a place for all of those things in co-op we are absolutely components of fun yes. fun fun at co-op yes. But yeah, so you're, you're going to grade differently for algebra class at co-op than you are for art appreciation class at co-op, right? So you just want to be clear, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are everyone's expectations? So you don't want like a kid to get a C in their art appreciation because they have a doctorate in art, you know, teaching the course and she's very serious. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's see. We've talked about location. We've talked about prep and cost associated with the location. We've talked about schedules and syllabi. We've talked about kids with learning challenges and the importance of good communication to make that a healthy environment for everyone. We've talked about how to cover absences, how to deal with sickness or missed deadlines, how to handle grading, how to do special events. And really at the core of all of this is the word cooperate. Oh, is that what co-op means? It really does. I think so, yeah. And you know, that may be some of the best learning that comes out of a co-op experience for homeschoolers is for the kids to learn to cooperate and to see the moms and dads cooperate. Because a whole lot of life is going to involve working alongside other people and finding ways to make it good for everybody. Well, and that's that, if we could put in a plug for teacher kids' social skills and moms, practice your social skills, 
that that's a, such a rich thing that comes out of being in a group. And it's time limited. It's one, two days a week, you know, right. make the best of it. Right. Good stuff. So obviously we're big fans. I mean, that's kind of how all of our lives came together was mm-hmm. in co-op kind of environments. And we've been mighty blessed because of it. So we encourage you to try co-oping. And if you have tried it in the past and you've had bumps in the road, just learn from the bumps. And, and start your own. There you go. <laughs> if you would like a freebie that helps give you just some step-by-steps of how to start your own, visit sevensistershomeschool.com and go to the store and scroll down to the freebies category and you will find how to start a learning co-op. So thank you for joining us. We look forward to talking with you again in the future. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it in the future, it would be oh so lovely and helpful if you would go to iTunes and click little stars that will light up for us or leave a review. That would be good. Indeed. So yes, if you would be so kind, that would be most helpful. And it will help other people find us as well. So thank you for joining us, and we look forward to more episodes with you on the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7SistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's start with, let's start with just the really obvious, I'm sorry, you know, I'm just struggling a little this morning. Seth will edit that out. Seth will edit that out. Thank you, Seth, for editing out my colander brain. That... <laughs> or he'll put it in the, or the he'll put... outtakes. <laughs> or he'll leave it in there and he'll just put the funky wah, 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 wah. sound.